0: Welcome to another episode of the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel. I'm your host Bobby LaMarco. Today we're going to be talking about a different topic, taking a quick break from our playoff previews to bring you a fun episode: five ways to improve your fantasy leagues. That's right, folks. It's fantasy playoffs, and everyone's focused on the fantasy playoffs. That is right. You should be, but there's teams that don't make the playoffs. And today we're going to be talking about some innovative ideas. To really make your fantasy league more fun for everyone, even the teams that don't make the playoffs. Before we do, we want to make sure you follow us across the board. At Ball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. That's right, folks. If you're watching this video, subscribe, like. We'll be dropping videos all summer long. We also have an audio. Go find us at Razball on your audio apps, whether it's Apple Podcasts, etc., Next step, go to Rasball.com. We have great writers writing articles every single day. We have in-season rankings, rest-of-season rankings. We also have fantasy data tools and resources to help you win your fantasy league, including slot verse wide, points per game allowed, fantastic tool and resource. And finally, make sure you're joining us every Sunday. We do a live show for upward to two hours from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. PST Uh all season long, we've been rocking that Sunday Live Starts Sit show. We answer your starts sit questions live on YouTube. We also jump on, talk about starts of the week, streamers, weather updates, injury updates, pretty much everything you need to know before kickoff. So make sure you join us every Sunday on the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel. But today's show, five ideas to improve your fantasy league. Let's start it up right now. All right. First off, I just want to make sure everybody knows there's a lot of things you could do uh, with your fantasy leagues to kind of improve them. Obviously, we talk about a lot of people will talk first about PPR versus non-PPR, adding flex spots, getting rid of kickers. And a lot of that stuff is really good, especially if you're in smaller leagues, like an eight-team league, the more starters you have on the team that makes it a little bit more tougher for on your competition. I do like those ideas. But today's episode's a little bit more outside of the box. These are five ideas that you can really take hold that are actually not just scoring format changes, but they're things you can do that really helps engagement overall, keeps people engaged all year long. It also gives you ideas of how to handle, you know, redraft leagues, uh, year over year. If you have a really good league and you just want to continue to grow it, um, if you want more people to be involved, you want your people to be more engaged, um, these are a couple of ideas to help you with that. So obviously the, the thumbnail of today's show, the five ways to improve your fantasy leagues. We have five really good ones and they're going to start at the top today. And I actually have a demo set up for this because I'm doing this in one of my home leagues. So I wanted to talk through it so everyone in my leagues understand, but we have a draft pick tournament so at number five of the five ideas to improve your fantasy at number five we have introduced a draft pick tournament so you're gonna probably think to yourself what the hell does that even mean well good news is we're here to break down what i do to help pick your draft order next year a lot of people do fun stuff like relay races and stuff like that in my leagues we actually do a tournament end of season with the constellation bracket and also include the playoff bracket. And I'll break down how we do that on the show right now, which is really cool. So first off, this time of year, you're going to notice right away that obviously most teams get knocked out of the playoffs and they have nothing to play for. So, you know, you have obviously your playoff bracket here and then you have your constellation bracket. Well, this bracket will now become your draft order bracket. So to break down how this is going to work, it's actually set up an example over here of the draft. This is a 10-team league. Six teams make the playoffs. Four did not. So if you want to go down to the draft order bracket, you'll see the four teams, 7 through 10, who did not make the playoffs. So how it works, essentially the four teams in that round will face each other. So what we do here is an all-play, meaning that all four teams, 7 through 10, in this example, are playing against each other. Two highest teams in points that week on um, the four teams in the in the draft order bracket move on, then the, the two lowest will be put into their slots for the next year's draft. So in this example, so in this 10-team example, the four teams that did not make the playoffs starting this week, so week 15, 16, and 17, so it's week 15, the top two teams in points scored of those four consolation teams move on to the next round and to advance to get the number one overall pick. So that's exciting. The two teams that have the lowest, the one team that has the lowest in this example for we have here was team 10 and team 8. So they slide into picks 8 and 7. So how that works is, of course, the champion gets the last pick. Second place gets the second to last pick. Now how the tournament starts working is you start filling in the teams once they get eliminated. So in the first round of this example, the two lowest scoring teams fall into 8 and 7. So, the lowest team gets the eighth pick, the second lowest gets the seventh pick. All right. That means in this example, team seven and team nine moved on to the next round in hopes to win the first overall pick. Now, how does it work in the next round? So, week 16, of course, you're going to have teams that play in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. Two of those teams are going to lose. Of course, the team one and team two have a bye. Teams 4 and 5 versus 3 and 6. In this example, Team 4 beat Team 5 and Team 6 beat Team 3. A little bit of an upset, folks. Pretty excited. So, they advance in the regular playoff bracket. So, what does that mean? That means Teams 5 and Teams 3 drop down to the draft order bracket. So, in this example, Team 7 and Team 9 advance from the first round of the draft order bracket. Teams 5 and 3, since they lost in the first round of the playoffs, are now playing for the number one pick. Now, in this scenario, it's the same thing. The top two teams in points scored from these four teams move on to the final four. The two teams that have the lowest will get bumped into the draft order. So for our example, if you go back to our draft order example here, teams nine and teams three had the two lowest scoring totals in week 16 of the draft order bracket, so they moved into the draft order here. So that means that team seven and team five have advanced all the way to the final week, championship week of the playoffs in this bracket. So the same concept as before happens here. Now in the semifinals week 16, the two losers of the semifinals will move to the finals of the draft order bracket. So in this example, Team 4 beat Team 1, Team 2 beat Team 6. So that naturally means that Team 6 and Team 1 fell down to the draft order bracket down here to play for the final pick. So, a little bit of a constellation for that team one. Let's say, for example, they're the most competitive team all year, and they, accident- they get knocked out after having to buy the first round. Let's say they get knocked out and upset. Well, Now they have something to play for that final week. That final week, they'll play for the number one overall pick. Same concept happens here. The top four, those four teams will play. The number one in points scored will have the first pick, second, third, and fourth, and so on. So, of this, an example, team seven, had the most points the final week, they get the first pick, team one had the second, six, then five, and that rounds out your draft order. So the cool thing about this is, number one, it keeps everybody engaged. Everybody's involved the entire season. They watch the playoffs. They want to play in the playoffs. Everybody has something to play for. Now, I do have a rule here, caveat, that I like always to say that this is something we do in our leagues. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement, but I do think it's a good rule to have. If you've been eliminated from the playoff bracket, you no longer can put in a FAB bid for players or use waiver priority on players. You can only pick up free agents or $0 bids. I think that's a nice rule to have for this. You want the playoff teams to have the you know, the biggest access to the player pool. You don't want a team in week 17, you know, picking up, spending $50 in FAB, picking up a, a handcuff or something. So we do think from a competitive standpoint, that is a good rule to have. But if you don't care, you don't have to. So this is a really cool idea to really help improve engagement and also figure out how to pick that next year's draft order. For redraft leagues that have consistency amongst the teams, we do think this is a really cool idea for you to use. So I think that's one of the that's number 5 on the list. Um so it's a pretty good breakdown. Basically, it just allows every single week if uh, if you have the lowest points, you kind of flow into the actual draft order as well, but it's a really cool way, innovative way to keep your league engaged the entire time. At number 4, allow in-season draft pick trading in redraft so this one gets a little sticky sometimes, but uh, we, we've been doing this for a long time in my home, one of my home leagues. And I think this is a really cool concept, too, is you allow teams that once they're eliminated from the playoffs to trade picks. So how does that actually work? So typically what we like to do is put together a trade, t- trade, tar- trade chart to allow teams to say, all right, you want, it, you want my top. Let's say, for example, I had a stud running back all year. He gets hurt in week five. And he hasn't played in five or six weeks. I missed the playoffs because I lost him. But he's coming back. Well, he doesn't do anything good for me this year. Now he offers you value. So you can trade that player to get picks next year. Now we like to say, listen, typically it's a gentleman's agreement. You kind of figure out the pick ranges. Well, like we did, we just put together a trade chart. Essentially a top three tight end and a top six running back or wide receiver. You trade a third round pick in the future for But this really keeps everybody engaged. It keeps everybody in the league engaged. It gets the teams that have been eliminated, you know, hope things to do for next year. Now, if you do have the draft order tournament, you still want to have competitive teams. But it just gives more competitive spirit, allows teams to negotiate trades. Um, And it's a really fun way to keep everybody involved in the the league. So draft pick trading in season for redraft is a really fun way and concept to help you keep engagement up throughout the year. We do recommend, so you could go Cavalier and just say, screw it, you guys, whatever you guys want to do. But to keep consistency and also keep competitive spirit and avoid collusion, we do like to put together some type of chart like we did here. For this example, like a top six running back, you have to pick, trade at least a third round pick next year. And you could, you know, obviously you have to swap picks. So we like to give people a range. You could swap a sixth or you can swap a last round pick. This is just an example of what you can do. To kind of keep that flow going throughout the year and have people engaged um, with the season, so I think those two are really cool for teams that especially get eliminated early on in the year. Um, it avoids teams becoming dead weight. Obviously, most if you're in a good league, people stay competitive and they still set lineups, but it avoids people from just not paying attention, not setting up their lineups. It allows them to make negotiations. You know, keep them engaged for the. It helps keep people around because you have a team that might be struggling. They don't get, They didn't make the playoffs the last two years. They're like, ah, this sucks. I'm just wasting money. Well, now they have an opportunity to accumulate picks the following year, maybe have a better chance to win. It actually creates parity in your leagues. You'll have more people who were last the previous year, have extra picks the next year. They make the playoffs and it kind of keeps constantly flipping back and forth. So it's a really cool way to keep parity amongst the league mates in your league. All right. Number three, this one's a more modern one, more of a hit, like people, but it's used free acquisition budget. A lot of leagues still use a draft order waiver priority. Fab is actually just a budget. So essentially you would get $100 to spend on free agents throughout the year. I honestly think this is one of the musts. I think this is a fantastic resource way to do it. Because let's say, for example, you have Christian McCaffrey and you don't have Mason as your backup, right? Uh, and instead of holding on to your number one waiver priority, if CMC goes down, you now have an opportunity, whether you're 1 or 10 in your league in waiver order, to make a bid on that player and get him. So it's it just gives everyone an opportunity to get that player every single week. You don't have to have number one waiver priority to get that number one. But every single week, you'll have an opportunity to get that marquee free agent, the marquee waiver wire pickup. So I do love that from that aspect. So I think that's a great, great addition to any fantasy league. You could do it on pretty much any format, Sleeper, ESPN, Yahoo!, all have the option of free free agent acquisition budget. We also love the competitive spirit about it um, because by two weeks, two and three, you'll get a feel for how much your league mates are spending on players. Oh, the, Oh, this uh, top running back dropped for 50, you know, next time I got to drop 51. Or if you know, a team in your league has that player who just got hurt and they only have $47 left to fab, you might just drop 48 and you scoop up that player. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of strategy, On that waiver wire, it gives a lot more fun energy in the middle of the week of your fantasy league. So, not only are you getting the excitement Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night, but it really makes Tuesday night and Wednesday morning extra fun to see if you actually got that player on waivers. All right, number two, weekly prizes for highest scoring team. So, this is really cool because this is another way to keep people engaged all season long. Is you actually, in some leagues, we do it differently where you do a $10 to $15, the lowest points scored on the week contributes to a pot. And at the end of the year, that money either goes to a trophy uh, you know, or a, a party or it goes to um, the highest scoring points, whatever you want to do. But it adds additional money throughout the year to your pot. Not a lot of people have 200 bucks laying around to pay for a fantasy league, but they might be able to drop $100 and then pay $10 to $15 three to four times throughout the year. Um, so it just adds more money to your team, your community pot. It adds more money to the team. I also like, um, I like the weekly, uh, this says weekly prizes for the highest scoring team. I do like the idea though, of the lowest points of the week paying in the highest. So you do like a 10 to $15, the lowest team pays the highest team. It just adds a little more weekly excitement to the league. It is probably something that I've I've really enjoyed Um, it avoids anybody from tanking. You cannot tank in those leagues because if you if let's say you get knocked out of the playoffs and you're still three, four weeks left, you have to make sure you're on top of things because if you end up losing every single week, you're paying more and more money to the pot. So it keeps everybody engaged. It you avoid collusions, you avoid all that stuff, but it allows it gives more money to the pot. So I do like having the idea either add weekly prizes for the highest scoring team or at least add a punishment to the lowest scoring team every single week that goes to a pot that people can either use at the end of the league for a, a, a prize, they could use it for a highest scoring team, they could use it for a party, but it's a really cool way just overall to keep everybody engaged in your fantasy league all season long. And the last one. This one is my number one. It is a must. Everybody should be doing this. Move to a two game a week system. What I mean by that is, Every single week you'll play two games. One is head to head. So in a 10 team league, you'll face the person you're facing like you normally do. The second game will be half the league gets a win, half the league gets a loss based on points. So essentially every single week. So for example, if you are let's say you for the first 3 weeks of the year, you lose every single game but you're second in points. You let's say you play the three highest scoring teams and you're second in points every single week. Well now, instead of being 0 and 3, You'll be 3-3 and because you'll get a point for having the top half of the league in points every single week. This is a great way to, number one, avoid being first, second, or third in points in your league and missing the playoffs. It definitely makes sure the best teams get into the playoffs. Because this isn't like NFL. We don't play defense. We don't get a chance to pick and choose the other team's lineup. Points are the indicator for the better team in fantasy. And I do think points four should be the tiebreaker, not head-to-head. Uh, I know that's probably a minority agreement there, but uh, argument there. But I do think that points for is a better indication of how good the team is, not your record. So I do think that this way, this two game a week system allows everybody, allows the best teams, the teams that the, the highest scoring teams every week, always get into the playoffs. And if you just have bad luck, let's say you face a lot of high scoring teams the first six weeks of the year. You'll get victories through this system. So I do think it always the cream always rises to the top. Uh, Sleeper, you could do it on the site. Yahoo, you can't. ESPN, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think you can either. Sleeper actually has an option where you can do this automatically. Now, we've done it in the past where we actually kept track of it. The commissioners kept track of it. You can do that. But I do recommend moving to Sleeper if you want to because they do it automatically and it gets updated right away. And it's just been really good. It's it's a great. I think it's been probably my favorite aspect of fantasy because you're never going to deal with the whole. Um, just the, it takes a little of the luck away and gives the better teams more control of their destinies because they'll always get a win even if they get unlucky and face a, a really high scoring team that week. So that's those are my five. You know, ideas to help improve your fantasy leagues. So let's just run through these really quick once again. All right, five ways to improve your fantasy league in 2023. Number one, number five, introduce a draft pick tournament. Make sure you check that out; it's really fun. Keeps everybody engaged. Allow in season draft pick trading in dre- redraft. The big takeaway there is it keeps everybody engaged throughout the year, but also it, it increases parity in out your league because the teams that are finishing at the bottom are able to accumulate additional picks if they find trade partners. Number three, use free agent acquisition budget. It kind of rounds out your week. It allows a little more strategy in the middle of the week instead of just everything being about, you know, Monday, to, uh, Monday, Thursday, and Sunday, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning become a lot more fun and engaging when you have more skill involved in your waiver wire because you have the ability to pick up players with money every single week. Number two is add weekly prizes for highest scoring team and or Add low a punishment for the lowest scoring team each week. So a ten to fifteen dollar punishment. Number one keeps people engaged, like I always say every time. Um, number two is that more importantly is that it avoids collusion. You can't if your team is tanking and they want someone to help them win, they're gonna have to pay money to finish the, the lowest scoring points. But more importantly, um, I like when it trades hands. Right, it gives it weekly scoring. The lowest pays the highest. I do like that. It, it kind of allows a little bit more engagement for your league throughout the year, but. I do think it's a really fun way. And if you guys want to create, uh do a pot at the end of the year, you can throw a party. It's a really fun way to like, you know, kind of celebrate the season. And finally, number one is move to a two-game system. If anybody follows this channel, listens to my content, this is the number one thing to do in your leagues. This is hands down the best way to play fantasy football. It's one game head to head, one game top half the league score uh gets a win in points, the bottom half gets a loss. It's a great way to Allow the best teams to finish uh, at the top of the league. And it's just a lot more, um, you have, it's a lot more skill involved in the fantasy finishes instead of sometimes bad luck, you know, kind of hitting that wall and playing a really, really high scoring team that week and getting a loss. So I do think that's great. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. We'll be back tomorrow. That's Saturday, first thing in the morning. Me and Gladys are jumping on to talk about playoff sleepers. That's right, folks. We're going to be breaking down some players that are probably on your waiver wire right now that you could pick up. Potentially start and help you win a championship in fantasy, and of course on Sunday, make sure you're joining us for the uh, Sunday live start sit show be live for two hours before kickoff. Breaking down all your start sit questions, talking about weather updates, key injuries, everything you need to know before kickoff. Once again, I'm your host Bobby with Marco. Make sure you follow us across the board at Razball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok, and of course, make sure you go to Razball.com to check out all the great resources and tools and articles we have on the site as well. Thanks for joining. We are.